Yes, she sleepwalks like I was gonna say like a yeah, banshee. But it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she like a I mean, she's but I get it. I I feel like I know the visual. I'm getting a visual, and I feel like it's what you're putting out there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> everybody welcome to byob the bring your own book podcast my name is nikki and i'm kelly and this week we are talking about verity by colleen hoover or colleen hoover or however the hell you say her name (laughs) hover knows (laughs) she's only like the most popular author ever sold more books than jesus i was gonna say move over john lennon you're not bigger than jesus colleen hoover is okay right (laughs) That's crazy to me. Kelly and I have both never read a book by her. I feel like if people who have read her books heard that we were starting with Verity, I think they would say, why are you starting with that one? That's not even the predominant genre that she writes. But here we are. I think the only way you were going to get me to read Colleen Hoover is if we started with this book because... Wow, the things I've heard. Right? <laughs> I know. She's like an enigma, but not, you know? <laughs> like, I know. She's crazy. And so before we jump into talking about the nitty gritty, Kelly's going to read the synopsis and then we're just going to, we're going to fly away from there. <laughs> All right. Buckle up, listeners. Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job offer of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish. Lowen arrives at the Crawford home, ready to sort through years of Verity's notes and outlines, hoping to find enough material to get her started. What Lowen doesn't expect to uncover in the chaotic office is an unfinished autobiography Verity never intended for anyone to read. Page after page of bone-chilling admissions, including Verity's recollection of the night her family was forever altered. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents could devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, she recognizes all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. After all... No matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying would make it impossible for him to continue loving her. Ah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it grips you. (laughs) It definitely did. (laughs) I I was creeped um, out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely moments in this book where I was like... (gasps) (laughs) I know. Just, and the... The way that she ended each chapter, I found myself rolling very naturally into the next one Mm -hmm. and not feeling like it was a slog at all. Yeah, no, this was a very quick read. I think I think I read this in like a day or two. Yeah, yeah, it was maybe I think probably like four days for me. I had split it up into sections um, just to get it done for the episode, which we're recording early right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up reading like four days worth at a time. And I was like, okay, well, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my Goodreads. I think I finished it in 24 hours because I was just like, I got to get this done. I've got stuff to read for school. And it was pretty gripping. I got to say, I will give credit where credit is due. So I was on the edge of my seat for quite a bit of this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think after I got past some of the weirdly worded stuff in the first 50 or so pages, which I did talk about on the Instagram story. Yeah. But who, pray tell, (laughs) with an editor writes the sentence, 10 decades year, 10 or a decade, oh my God, a decade (laughs) years worth of books? Just a decade's worth of books. Yeah. Who, I mean... (laughs) Who says that if English is your first language? That is not a thing anybody says. (laughs) Apparently, Lowen does. I mean... (laughs) A decade year's worth. There were a couple sentences. I wish I had tabbed them because there were some weird ones and they all seem to be related to time. So I'm like, do we not know how to tell time or the passage of time? 
what's going on? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it was so bizarre because, yeah, I picked up on a few of those, too. And I was like, what? Who is the editor? Was there an editor? Did we need a secondary editor? Like, I don't know. But I had questions that were not related to the thriller. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most of my questions in the first uh, 50 pages were not related to the plot of the book at all. <laughs> Mainly, how does this lady sell so many books? Right? I know. But, okay, I want to know, what did you rate this out of five? Because I took some time to, like, process this book before I actually figured it out for myself. I feel like I still don't really know. I think I've landed somewhere between a 3.5 and a 4. Mm. And in the really petty part of me, I want to rate it a 3 because <laughs> I just think that nobody should be that popular. <laughs> and I want to hate for some reason, even though I have no idea who this lady is. There was something about the first part of the book where there's so much stigma around her good and bad mm -hmm. and there's like controversy around colleen hoover and i just felt like she doesn't deserve to be liked by me and i had a really <laughs> hard time getting over that hurdle and getting into the book i love the itself. honesty <laughs> <laughs> i just i feel like i have that that um maybe swayed my overall opinion even though i felt like once once lowen got to the house i think that i was out of that kind of way of thinking i was fully immersed in the book mm. i don't really know but it's somewhere between a three and a four depending on when i think about it <laughs> Okay. What about you? Yeah, I had a similar kind of process. Like, I think I I ended up with a three and a half because, if anything, my preconceived notions of her and her writing abilities actually probably helped her case for this book because I was pleasantly surprised for the most part. I was like, wow, okay, this is not that bad. Like, this is – like, we talked um, in the car one day about this book, and I was like – you know, it's not badly written, but I wouldn't say it's the best thriller I've ever read, you know, especially because you and I do read thrillers, probably you more so than I do. I'm still on my romance kick <laughs> for a bit. Yes. <laughs> but like, I was happy to read a thriller. I had a great time. Um, I had some issues with the ending, which I don't want to go into a deep dive yet, because I know we're going to talk about that for sure. But oh, like, yes. besides the editing crap, and the ending, I had a really good time. And like, you know, do I do I think I'm going to become a cohort or whatever they're called? The Colleen Hoover, like huge fans? No. Oh, Jesus. They have a name? Yes. Because like Colleen Hoover, coho, cohorts, cohort. No, I, I don't no. know. <laughs> I hate that. But like if I was big, I'd want a name. Mine would be something stupid, I'm sure. But like... <laughs> Yeah, I, but yeah. the stupider, the better, though, yes. right? <laughs> I had a good time. So I gave it a three and a half out of five. But, like, I had so many gripes with the characters that I'm like, I don't know if this is just because I feel like I'm watching a horror movie where I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of there. Get out of there. Or if I'm like, what the fuck, Colleen? Why? <laughs> like, I don't know. So in my personal opinion... I think this book had a lot of really good things going on, but I also think, no hate, just my opinion, I feel like if there was someone more skilled with thrillers, this could have ended up being a higher rating for me, is yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think with thrillers specifically, I have read quite a few, and I've learned to, not all the time, it doesn't always work exactly like this. But try to go in with it at with a mentality of it's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> because after you read so many thrillers, there are only so many ways a book can end. Yeah. So the whole time you're reading it, you're set up. Girl moves into big creepy house. <laughs> vegetative lady. Creepy son. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Tiny child. Hot dad that has like weird fucking vibes going on right there's only so many ways that can end up and i've read about all of them in different books mm -hmm. so the whole time it's going on 
I'm repressing this feeling of trying to problem solve myself through the book. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think when I got to the ending, I felt like it was a tiny bit of a cop out. But yeah. we'll get there through the journey. Maybe we yes. should talk a little bit about the characters, like Lowen <sighs> and Jeremy specifically, since we actually get um, FaceTime with them, yeah. I guess you could say. So, okay, I have a question about the very beginning of how they mm-hmm. meet. Because on the one hand, I was like, wow, what a weird but also like explosive beginning for Lowen right. to witness a man's head be crushed by a fucking tire. Like, she sees someone right. killed in the middle of the day by a car. Like, a truck, I think. A big truck. And some people are like, oh, my God. Other people are like, yeah, I got places to be. Like, whatever. I'm used to this New York. <laughs> you know? Like, same old, same old. Talk and, about desensitization. <laughs> right? And she has blood all over her. And Jeremy, like helps her out in the bathroom of a coffee shop nearby and, like, literally gives her the shirt off his back so that she doesn't have to walk around with, like, guts all over her. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, on the one hand, nice of you to do that, I guess. But my question is, like, what was the purpose of this? Why? Why did it start with that? I don't know, like, specifically why she chose, like, that scene. But I find, for me, books that start with, um something kind of triggering at the beginning really sets you up for the tone of the book. You already have this kind of uneasiness and I think it lets the author be, I don't want to say like lazier or have to do less work, Mm -hmm. but I think that it does allow them to not have to like dive as deep when the initial like real plot starts. Mm, So I think maybe that has something to do with it. I know a book that is coming to mind for me off the top of my head is a book called Mother Thing by Ainsley Hogarth. Okay. It starts off, they're in this um, hospital and they're talking about um, shit. Like they're talking about like, they're waiting for, to hear that his like mom has died and they're talking about this like hot tub full of shit. (gasps) And it like the way that it is like (sighs) phrased gave me this like icky feeling and that feeling because they started it like that stuck with me through the whole entire book i mean if someone was describing a hot tub full of shit i would also be like what the fuck was the hot tub on was it hot poo yeah bubbling ew okay and the jets (laughs) yeah so that's what i'm saying like having something that's kind of like really off the wall and like whoa how did how did that happen it really just puts you in this place to be um, put off (laughs) right away. I guess. I don't know. For me, I kept trying to link the beginning to the rest of the book, you know? Like, it didn't have to be like, oh, the man who was killed was this guy. Like, no. But I was trying to find some kind of, like, symbolism, you know? And maybe I'm still thinking in, like, a theater mind frame of, like, okay, what does this represent for the rest of the story or like what is the bookend here like i don't know but like yeah i was just like whoa what a beginning here you know yeah (laughs) i was just like because you said the middle of the day like wasn't even 9 a.m she had a meeting at nine yeah that's the thing i think the thing that surprised me the most is i was like could you imagine waking up really early She hasn't left her house in weeks and weeks and weeks because of the situation with her mother. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that happens to you is you get splattered in gore from somebody's head being crushed in front of you. And then you just so happen to meet this very charming... I don't know why I picture Jeremy like old. Oh. I was picturing him like 50 silver (laughs) fox kind of... Yeah, like... I was picturing him like kind of like like gray, Mm -hmm. graying hair, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think he was in his 30s. I mean, you could have gray hair in your 30s. You could still be a gray fox. That is true. 30, flirty, and graying. (laughs) That's how the saying goes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Because like, well, okay, I I, I think I figured out my own answer here because Jeremy and Lowen meet under like a deathly circumstance 
And the ending of the story is a deathly circumstance as well. So it's like right. their relationship starts. And I don't want to say ends because they're, you know, whatever. Death is all around them. <laughs> you know, that's their, their yeah. commonality, I guess, which is like, yikes, red flag. But <laughs> And I know this isn't in the romance section, but we talked in the Valentine's Day episode about how a romance ends always with a happily ever after. Yeah. And you could say they do live happily ever after. <laughs> do they, though? <laughs> in her mind. I don't know, Or maybe know, in though. his mind. Yeah. I would say in his mind, they do. Yeah. But, but we're getting ahead of yeah. ourselves here. So, we are. Okay. It's so hard to not, like, <laughs> grab on to I that know. end. I know. But, okay. hey, how did you feel? So, we, she gets to the house. Mm -hmm. We all know what happens. She takes the book deal because she has no money. She's getting evicted from her home. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. She gets to the house. Yeah. The kid in the driveway. Crew. Creep me the fuck <laughs> out. Also, who names her kid Crew? What right? a dumb name. Like Abercrombie. A, a like, <laughs> mm. like, yeah. It makes me think of something like um, like Nautica. <laughs> yes, like like a, a rower, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> But Weird. yeah, he like sees her and then she like walks into the house after him and he like slams the door in her <laughs> yeah. face. I was like, cool. I did like that. I was like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was giving me kind of parts of this book were giving me like flowers in the attic vibes. Oh, I haven't read that. Like VC Andrews kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know. That the start, I was just like, oh, and then hearing about the house and kind of where everything is in relation to each other, mm -hmm. the office with the soundproof, the, the view, the soundproof Ugh. office with the view that you think is for the view of the sunset, right? But <laughs> isn't, but maybe is. I don't know. Did she say it was so she could like watch him? Yeah, but we don't even know if that's true. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> I. The first chapter of her autobiography, mm -hmm. I was like, I really hope this isn't what all the chapters are like, because I was over it right away. Mm -hmm. My my red dress that's so fuckable yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, kill me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but okay, the relationship between Lowen and Jeremy, I was like, what? the fuck like over my dead body would that happen they would <laughs> they would honestly like okay from from the get-go i was like what i think okay this was one of my problems with the book is i didn't buy into their relationship and not even because it was quick i just like i needed something more to right. believe their connection because i was like okay we get it she thinks he's hot but like yeah you could find another hot guy who doesn't have a psycho vegetable wife upstairs and a weirdo kid and all this baggage yeah. like come on you know like just give yourself a little a little pep talk you can do better lowen okay <laughs> like, I, I don't know. know the the thing that bothered me the most about her attraction to him essentially was she spent the whole first half of the book basically saying i'm really attracted to him but i don't i can't mm -hmm. i can't do that but it wasn't even i don't know it wasn't written in a way that i felt like she was actually convincing herself it was like she says i can't do that but at the same time you're reading i'm gonna do it anyway yeah yeah. And which I guess some people could argue is kind of the point. It's called a romantic thriller. But I feel like there could have been a lot more depth to that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could have been explored more if the book was a little longer. I think that the while it was a very fast read, I think that some aspects could have been explored deeper. I agree. Like, I really wanted this to be almost like a character study type of thriller you know what i mean like really getting in there and understanding what is going on 
obviously we're not going to get all the answers. It's a thriller. But like this was more for me just like let's just keep the atmosphere ominous and thrill, which is fine. But I wanted to get a little deeper (laughs) personally. The whole purpose of this book is based around somebody's personality yeah now we don't know if that personality is real or not Mm -hmm. but it's not like a lot of thrillers where somebody gets killed and you're like this is the bad guy yeah you spend the whole time really trying to dissect everybody's relationship around what you're reading in this autobiography Mm -hmm. so i think in turn you should delve deeper into that because that's the point. <laughs> yeah. This was like giving me some gothic vibes, you know? Like I felt like Rebecca, Daphne du Maurier, but just oh, not yeah. as good because hello. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, everyone. That's a classic. It's a classic for a reason. But like, it has the same element of like, we don't know Rebecca. She's gone. And you could argue that Verity's gone, even though she's upstairs, you know? <laughs> so. Or is she? You know, I mean, she is upstairs. I mean, is she gone? (laughs) She is upstairs, everyone. (laughs) Or is she? (laughs) So, like, actually, though. Sometimes. Honestly, like, when when she, like, (laughs) kept seeing her around the house, I was so freaked out. I just pictured this woman in, like, fancy PJs just, like, staring her down. (laughs) Yeah, I was picturing somebody in like i don't know why i mean obviously if she's moving around the house she's not brain dead clearly okay but i'm picturing somebody that's still kind of vegetative but moving kind of mechanically like their arms just like hanging limply in like a white nightgown (laughs) kind of thing and their face really slack and their hair kind of like greasy like and like that's what i'm picturing yeah it's like a zombie but obviously <laughs> if she's she's like walking around she heard her one night she's like oh there was like light footsteps mm-hmm. out in the hallway yeah. and i was like well clearly yeah it's verity but i thought with how much they were setting that up I thought, this can't possibly be what's actually going on. Right? It felt too obvious. Yeah, or, like, if we're going to do the whole gaslighting of, like, Verity's not okay. She's a vegetable. Stop bringing up this traumatic stuff with me and my kid, you know? Like, have the the realization that Lowen is right, be like, whoa, you know? Because I was like, we're being gaslit. And I hate being gaslit, but it's very effective in this type of situation. So why didn't we go all in, you know? I know. Or I would have liked to have seen Verity maybe come into Lowen's room at night and talk to her and, like, get in her face we know that Lowen has sleep problems or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sleepwalks, like, I was going to say, like, a yeah, banshee. But it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like sleepwalks. I mean, she screams. But I get it. I, I feel like I know the visual. I'm getting a visual, and I feel like it's what you're putting out there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I just, even if they would have gone that direction, where she's, like, actively tormenting her and talking to her for real Mm -hmm. and Lowen's trying to say hello and everybody's like we don't believe you i would have liked that even more yeah than just this kind of i hear footsteps and then when they're making out on the couch and he like takes her shirt off and she like looks and barry's standing on the stairs and like scurries away (laughs) that i i literally went no and my husband scott was like did someone die and i'm like not yet like oh god (laughs) Okay, quick sidebar. I have to tell you, (laughs) when I was reading this book, Verity, as we all know, is the title. My husband, Scott, for some reason, kept singing the Bee Gees song, Tragedy. And he go, Verity, when the feeling's gone, you can't go on. It's Verity. (laughs) So now that's all I can think of. Like, Verity. Verity. Like, it's... So ridiculous. I love that. 
I think that's great. <laughs> but anyways, that's my little story for you. <laughs> but no, okay, there was so many good creepy moments and like crew with the knife. Like, this is mummy's knife. What do you mean this is mummy's knife? Why do you have a fucking knife? You're five years old. When he like bit down on the knife and his mouth was bleeding. I was like, this child is a demon. This child is possessed. Like, no. Yeah. Send him away. Yeah. <laughs> I was also really, they never delve into this, but when she goes to the basement to get the baby monitor and she goes, all of the boxes that were closed are now wide open. And I was like, why? Yeah. Tell me why. I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like, what was she searching for? I don't even know. Or who was searching for something? I don't even know. That is weird. Mm-hmm. Also, her talking about the night I got engaged became the night we conceived. Mm -hmm. And then her talking about trying to abort the babies and the scar on <sighs> Chastin's God. cheek and all that stuff. I was just like, what? And her like weird epiphany that she actually loved Chastin, but she was going to still hate Harper. Right? God. I know those chapters I thought were really well done because they were so sick. Like they were just so twisted yeah. because I mean, any kind of matricide or infanticide, whatever, it's pretty fucked up, no matter how you look at yeah. it. So, like, we're getting into like Greek tragedy status here, you know, of just like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, the stakes are so high. So, I really enjoyed those parts, even though I was like, oh my God. God, lying on the couch reading that, thinking to myself, you know, maybe I could have children. Maybe I wouldn't be a bad mom <laughs> because I definitely wouldn't be like that. I was having the opposite thoughts. Oh I was God. thinking like, what if I have a kid and I hate them so much? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, what if I just loathe my children, especially the when she's holding them for the first time mm -hmm. and they need a feed and the nurse says, do you want to breastfeed? And she goes, no. And Jeremy's like, you should try it. Yeah. So she does. And he goes, are you in pain? And she, in her inner dialogue says, I wasn't in pain. I was just so disgusted. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about that. I don't know for me as a woman who wants to have children at some point, Reading all of the stuff about the kids like that mm -hmm. really made me upset in a way that I can't describe. I wasn't sad, but there mm -hmm. was something in me that was really stirred up over those descriptions. Yeah, I think I I think I understand what you're talking about, because like there were moments of that, too, where I was kind of like, oh, you know, because like I don't think all of her thoughts up to a certain point were inherently bad. I do no. think there's a huge stigma and pressure on women in general, but like young mothers or new mothers of like what you're going to do with your baby or what you're not going to do. Are you going to breastfeed? Are you going to not breastfeed? All that stuff. And so like if she didn't want <laughs> we're talking about a hypothetical mom here, but like if she doesn't want to breastfeed, she doesn't have to breastfeed. Right. But there's all this yeah. pressure on both sides to do it or not to do it. And like, if this wasn't written in like a twisted, sick way, she could have just been like, you know, the thought of doing it grosses me out and I don't want to do it. Let's just do formula. Okay, that's a conversation for her and her husband, right? But because we're getting it from this like twisted psyche where she's so stuck on like my body's going to be ruined. That made me kind of sad how she was like my body. Yeah. This is all I have. It's my machine. And if you fuck up with the machine... That's it, you know? And so she was so concerned about preserving herself, her physical self. And that to me was just like, she doesn't love herself. And she doesn't think that her husband loves her for her. She thinks she's right. just like this body, which was sad to me. But one thing, though, that kind of when we get to the end or like when you get to the end of the book, for me, when you're questioning, was all of that stuff real? Mm -hmm. Part of me feels like it was real and maybe her letter at the end explaining that it was fake was fake just because jeremy kind of lays out there a few times 
he doesn't really feel like he knew her at all. And he felt like there was a huge disconnect. Mm -hmm. And he thought that if he married her, he'd get to know her better. And then they would feel the love that he was expecting to feel. Mm. And that lined up a lot more with her autobiography than it did with the idea that all of that was made up. Yeah. Or her, like, inner dialogue about those situations was made up. Mm -hmm. But I also remember at the beginning of the book, or, like, for the first half or so of the book, he was speaking about his wife like she was his everything. And, like, maybe he just felt more comfortable with Lowen later on, and so he let that guard down. I don't know. But I did, I had questions myself about, like, can we trust Jeremy? I don't know. I still don't trust Verity. But I just, like, I I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. And I get so annoyed because I don't even know if my confusion or, like, lack of information is because Colleen Hoover did such a good job or if she just, like, threw in the towel and wanted a convenient ending. That's where I get so annoyed because I'm like, I don't know what to believe what to think and not in a good way of like oh my god how could this be like i don't know what you want me to not know or whatever like (laughs) at a loss here i don't know who to trust okay (laughs) yeah i don't know when crew came down and he's low and says where'd you get all those pictures and he says i got them from mom's hole or whatever he says i don't know (laughs) hole on the floor (laughs) not from his mom's (laughs) hole okay thank you (laughs) (laughs) and she goes up and she finds the knife and then the letter that kind of explains how the autobiography was a writing exercise (sighs) and what is so on and so forth why would you title it your autobiography i just don't understand i mean If I was a writer and I was going to do an exercise like that, I feel like I would warn my partner Mm -hmm. and say, I'm writing this thing. Mm -hmm. It is very upsetting. Mm -hmm. I'm writing it from my point of view about my life. It is not real. Mm -hmm. Don't read it Mm -hmm. to preserve your feelings. (laughs) Or if you want to read it, know that it is not real. Yeah. Like why? I feel like almost at the end. She, like, just deserved what she got just because of that. I was like, what the fuck? Well, like, for... Who who does that? Yeah, and, like, for me, if I was a writer who's doing this, I'd be like, writing exercise, number one. And then I would write the thing. (laughs) I wouldn't be like, my autobiography, you know? Like, I would put... Chapter one. Yes! I would make it very clear, you know? But also, I found it very interesting and... Like, I want to say telling, but again, I don't know if it's telling or not, that Jeremy was so quick to believe what she was writing down. And if he really knew his wife, and if he loved his wife, and all this stuff, and if it was the complete opposite of who I really am, why would he just, like, so quickly believe that? I can understand, like, grieving your child's death and being like, why? Because you weren't there. Like, what happened? How did she fall in? Why was crew saved? All this stuff. But, like, to go from, like, I am upset and I have questions to, like, you are this evil person, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. No, I can only suspend disbelief ch- so much. Right? And the chapter that she describes where she's talking about Chaston at the dinner table and he says, why don't you ever talk about Harper? Mm-hmm. If that really happened... Mm-hmm. but it didn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. Why does she never talk about Harper in real life? Because I don't know, yeah. I, he never says that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the autobiography maybe wasn't the whole true, or like it maybe wasn't totally a lie. Yeah. Well, I guess is what I'm saying. Isn't there always a little bit of truth in everything? Doesn't is that what someone says? Or like, I know behind every just kidding, there's usually some truth. <laughs> but yes. like, is that true for your fake evil autobiography? I don't know. <laughs> but I've never written one, but I'll let you know if I do. 
If I start seeing some mean things about me, I'll be like, oh my God, kill her with fire. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just drug her, put her in her own car and smash into a tree. How did he not have any injuries from that? Right? What? Did he? Because he would have had to run the car into the tree. Yeah. Whether she got the injuries from him strangling her or not. And he tied her up too. The police would be like, there are rope marks on her wrists wouldn't you think i'm no police officer i mean yeah that's what i would think yeah i've seen many a movie and show and book like i don't know (laughs) yeah i mean i haven't personally been kidnapped in that way but i feel like there would be some marks right i don't know and like why did she have a knife under there was she scared of jeremy this is the thing i don't trust jeremy i don't trust him at all because he quickly fell for lowen too and he's got all this damage and shit. And he was like so ready to kill his wife. My hypothesis, okay, my theory, I guess I should say my theory, is that he was fed up with Verity for whatever reason. Maybe some of the autobiography was true. I don't know. I think he was fed up with it and wanted to start fresh. And so yeah. he felt like he couldn't get away from her because of their kids and everything. And it was just easier to kill her in a way i guess you know but i'm like you could just get a divorce (laughs) like (laughs) so much easier right (laughs) (sighs) well i just felt like her also her plan of stealing crew and the money coming in for lowen into the account and taking the money out of the account and then Mm -hmm. taking crew away and like reaching out to him years down the road or whatever I just felt like there were so many other ways that that could have happened. And don't you have your own bank account? I don't know. Like, I just, I, I was just confused about the way certain things laid out clearly. (sighs) I mean, that letter was like an entire chapter long. It was so long. I know. I'm like, was she just writing this over weeks? Like every little second she could steal away to write a sentence or two <laughs> like let me explain well, I think everything she said she wrote it when they were having sex when she locked them in the master bedroom that was so freaky by the way right when <laughs> i was when he's like crew and i'm in my head thinking with lowen the bitch locked you in mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When he was like, can I put a lock on the outside of your door? I was like, no. Oh, my God. I already know what's going to happen, bitch. Like, no. (laughs) I cannot. Oh, yeah. Her waking up in, what was her name? (laughs) Let's say victory in Verity's bed. (laughs) That was so sketchy. Right? It was so sketchy. Like, there were so many yeah. good, creepy moments, but the ending, I was like, what? Yeah. I, well, I tell you one thing that wasn't a surprise was that Lowen ripped up the letter and flushed it down the toilet. Ugh. That did not surprise me at all. I knew as soon as she opened the letter, I was like, this is going to be some kind of confession and she's going to hide it because she doesn't want anything to, she's like, I'm protecting him. We're going to have Ugh. a great life. With the kid that after he came in me, I put a pillow under my butt to hold it inside. Right? I was like, this is like Kim Kardashian shit. <laughs> like, okay, I haven't had a baby yet, but I'm pretty sure once it's inside, it's inside. You don't need it to- It lives like- in you for up to five days, whether it drips out or not. Oh. So... I'm just saying, you don't need to do that. Oh my God. Can you tell both of us don't have kids? We're just like, oh. <laughs> Procreating. Disgusting. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, okay. There were so many parallels here. Like, I was, I couldn't even trust Lowen, okay? Like, I didn't trust a single soul in this book. And she kept saying the bit about, like, oh, Verity um, was so popular and successful because she chooses to write through the villain's point of view. And, like, I just don't know how to do that. All that stuff. I was like, someone is the villain here, and we're hearing it through the villain. It's got to be Lowen. Like, I just... <laughs> but I did have... 
like go through a part of the book feeling like I think that she's the unreliable narrator yeah. and she is a fucking shit up. Yeah. I mean, I think it's <laughs> it could be like the perfect storm here with her and Jeremy and then Verity being like weird upstairs and then being like, but wait, you know, <laughs> I didn't do yeah. it. <laughs> I don't true. know. And like, I wanted to hear more about Lowen and her mom's dynamic because that's how she connects really with Jeremy is like, I had to be the caretaker for my mom in hospice for a bit and then she died and like left me with nothing. We had this terrible relationship because she was scared of me, apparently, because she sleepwalked. Like, I don't know about that, but okay. So she didn't have a good mom. She didn't have a good relationship with her. Okay. And then like Jeremy feeling trapped with Verity and having to take care of her and all this grief and everything. I'm just like, I could see how they would connect on that level, but I wanted more because of that parallel of like caretaker caretaker shit circumstance shit circumstance <laughs> like you know yeah. yeah she did mention towards the end of the book something along the lines of um what my mother did to me and i felt like what did she do to you i know that she locked you in your room because you were a danger to yourself when you were sleeping. Yeah. I know that she said that she had money and then she said she you know that she was bankrupt and in debt before she died. Mm -hmm. But I was waiting for this um really like grand scale like abuse situation yeah. to reveal itself. Not that either of those things are good mm -hmm. but i was just waiting for a specific incident to be talked about but nothing ever came up no no <laughs> that's why i just feel like if someone who is more skilled with this genre wrote this book it'd probably be better and like check the boxes and again like we didn't rate it low like it wasn't bad but it just wasn't as good as it could have been you know you got the creepy house, yeah, like, the creepy kid, the creepy lady upstairs. I know. Hello? If Lisa Jewell had wrote this book, it'd be bomb. Oh my god, yeah. Honestly, I was thinking about that. <laughs> because like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we love a creepy house. We love the mystery. Yeah. We love this like handsome, but we don't know if we can trust this guy, you know, like, I don't know. And I just felt like at the end with the letter and the fact that Lowen just does not seem to care that Jeremy knew this information already or some of it, it didn't say anything and was so quick to kill her and then she helped him kill her and she had no issues with that like yeah. hello I don't know I don't know I was really let down by how quick her demise happened Verity, like I know it was like a page. Yeah, They're, they go in there. Verity, talk to me, and she doesn't say anything. Bitch, you talk to me, blah blah blah, and then he like strangles her, and she's like, "But wait, let me explain." And then she's basically dead. Yeah. Well, like, okay, you can't even argue that her muscles are weak from lying there because she hasn't been lying there all day every day she's been moving around when people don't know yeah so, creeping around the fucking house at night time <laughs> yes stashing shit in the floor yeah yeah <laughs> so like he's like i'm gonna call the police if you don't talk and so she gets up and she's like wait i can explain and then he goes to kill her and then lowen's like wait they'll know it was you you're gonna leave evidence that's her concern is you're gonna be caught yeah crew needs a dad crew needs some help okay he needs help he needs a different dad <laughs> i'm sorry but no he needs yeah. a different family unit okay and then suddenly verity is just silent waiting to die because then she just sits there because we don't hear anything from her, so I don't know what she's doing. She's just sitting there, waiting, while Lowen's like, this is how you can kill her and not be found out. Like, what? I know. How does that make any sense? And like, okay, I'm sorry, fuck you, Lowen. You're just gonna make, you're gonna kill me? 
I'm Verity now, but like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't get it. I know. And oh. Yeah. Sorry, I have a quick question for you. I just thought of this. Yeah. In the book, Jeremy's like, we picked you because Verity loved your work. And then he says later, just kidding, Verity never read you, but I loved your work. Did you buy that? Because I was like, I don't trust that you actually read her books. <laughs> I think he read her book and he was obsessed with the idea of her. Mm. And maybe we, because Lowen was so obsessed with him. See, this is this is what I mean. <laughs> A good writer, sorry, Colleen, yeah. a, a better thriller writer mm-hmm. could have incorporated that, like, his, maybe his perspective or more instances of him being obsessed with Lowen, mm-hmm. but it being kind of, like, misconstrued. And at the end, when he tells her that, all of the pieces fall together and you're like, it was there the whole time and I just didn't see it because there was, like, a guise. It was a ruse or whatever. Yeah. I didn't get that. I was just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. this He reads. <laughs> Does he? I don't know. If you've read one book... That don't impress me. No, you can read one book. It's fine. But like, you know, I want to encourage readings. If you only read one, it's fine. But like if I was an author and he was like, I'm obsessed with you. I love your work. But he's only read one. I don't know. He just wants to get in your pants. Yeah, that would be. He just wants the V. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Or the P. Well, whatever word you want to use. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I think about the movie Inception and how that ending was so left up in the air, but it was done so well that you can have this really dynamic discussion of like, no, they're still in that whatever place it is. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but like, no, they're in that place. No, they're back in the real world. Like whatever. The top was spinning. No, it was going to stop all these things with this book. It's like, I don't fucking know. There was a buildup, then she died right away, and then there was a massive long letter, and she just flushed it down the toilet, and she's going to have a baby. You know? Yeah. I still think we can have a discussion. Clearly, we did. <laughs> but, like, yes. it it just doesn't, it doesn't leave me with that fire like Inception does, or another more intricate thriller does, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like, like you said earlier, a lot of thrillers don't have, you don't get every question answered, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they know what questions are integral to the story to be answered. And I feel like Colleen just didn't know what needed to be answered. Yeah. And I think that maybe... I don't know if she's written a lot of thrillers, if this was her first kind of go at it, if that's just uh, I'm stepping into a new genre and I need, you know, you need to figure it out. Everybody's first book isn't Mm -hmm. the best, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's something that she can remedy if she decides to keep doing books like this. Mm -hmm. But this one just, um, it just felt like a, a first thriller. Yeah. I agree. Which is kind of sad she wasted this idea on that. (laughs) Because it's a good idea. Right? I did think to myself, like, ooh, this would be kind of fun as a movie. But I'm like, no, because Gone Girl did it better. I'd rather see the family upstairs or, like, something else. Okay. I literally, sitting in your kitchen, said, (laughs) if this ends up like Gone Girl, I'm going to be so mad. Right? And then when she read that letter, I was like, this is a bargain brand Gone Girl. Yes. I know. I know. And again, Gone Girl, I haven't finished the book. I started the book and then I got distracted, whatever. I watched the movie before and I was shooketh. I'm still shooketh to this day. And I don't have all the answers, but I was like, wow. You know, I will say my coworker said that this was the book, like Verity was the book that kind of put Colleen Hoover on the map like not that she wasn't successful before but like this is when she really blew up all over tiktok and whatever and 
I find that interesting because she's not known for thrillers. So I feel like because people were so at odds, they started looking into her other things and then maybe they became fans with the other stuff. I don't know. But like, right. there's also a special edition with another bonus chapter or a, bon- a bonus chapter, I should say, not another one. But my coworker said, you don't need to read it. It doesn't add anything to it. So I didn't <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. It doesn't give you any more insight. It doesn't really do much. Cool. It's just like a gold hardcover. Okay. So I didn't read that one, but I will say there is another thriller coming out soon by Colleen Hoover, or maybe it'll already be oh. out by the time this episode airs. I'm not sure, but I don't remember the title, but I do know that she's co-authoring it with a thriller writer. Is it called Lowen? <laughs> no. Okay. Let me look it up because this is going to drive me up the wall. Okay, so it will already be out by the time this episode airs. So it's called Never Never. It comes out February 28th, and it's co-written by Taryn Fisher. So Taryn Fisher, did she write The Wives? Maybe? I know she's a thriller author, so maybe it'll be better. I don't know. She's got some help there. I would definitely try it. I think I have to see after we read our next episode's book. Yeah. On when I when I will read it because I might need a break from <laughs> Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a uh a, I was gonna say a prophecy. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make a guess here and say that Nikki and I will most likely not like the next book we read by Colleen Hoover, just because what I know about the book and what I know about Nikki and myself, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work, but we're going to read it anyways, and we will see because that's what we do for you. (laughs) Always remember that. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bring Your Own Book podcast. If you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And keep an eye out for our next episode this month where we continue on with our Colleen Hoover journey as we read It Ends With Us. And until next time, keep on drinking in great stories. Cheers! Next time on BYOB, the Bring Your Own Book podcast. As I sit here with one foot on either side of the ledge, looking down from 12 stories above the streets of Boston, I can't help but think about suicide. (laughs) 